Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today.
Okay. Glad that you're with us today. If you're a guest here for the first time, wow, it's great to have you here. Before you leave today, we've got some free gifts out in our foyer we want to connect you with before you go. Uh, so make sure you stop off at our little round table out there. One of our leaders will be out there uh, to meet you and to help you get those resources. Uh, we are in the end of a sprint, guys. What a weekend. What a weekend. Uh, Friday, incredible service here. Uh, God met us and just moved in some powerful ways. Yesterday, uh, Easter egg hunt, we loved on our community. What a fa so fantastic. 125 registered kids. We figured we had 200 and at least 225 people, guests on our campus yesterday. It was absolutely phenomenal. We have some great stories we're going to share about that. We're going to do that in two weeks. Uh, we're going to have a celebration Sunday. We'll have pictures and share some of the cool things that happened uh, yesterday. But today's Sunday. Today is Sunday, and God has something great for you. Uh, and so we're going to step into that. We have one quick announcement that we want to make this morning. Uh, we had mentioned last week that we need pies this Wednesday. We don't. We had to make a transition in our date. And so the day we need pies, those dozen pies, is April 26th. If some people would be willing to help us out and get us those 12 pies uh, by April 26th, you can just contact the office. Let me know next week. There's no rush. Uh, but please don't bring pies this Wednesday unless we just want to have pies for Bible study. So uh, I'm ready for, for what God wants to do today. How about you? I, I believe God wants to do something great. If you're a guest with us today, uh, this might be a little bit of a different experience for you. Maybe you've never been to church before. Maybe you've never been to a church quite like this. Um, we want you to know you're free to worship the Lord here. And so uh, we're going to show another video. But after that, feel free to stand to your feet as we go into a time of praise and worship for our Easter service. Uh, after that, we'll dismiss our kids downstairs. We've got tremendous kids' service plans today. Uh, you're going to be doing a missionary egg hunt. Uh, you're going to be helping our buddy, Buddy Barrel, uh, raise some money for missions today downstairs, along with a couple other things. So we've got some great things planned for Easter Sunday. Are you ready to experience what God has for you? Well, let's do this. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we welcome you into this place. Lord, we thank you that you did not stay dead, buried in the grave, but you conquered death and the grave. Lord, we talked about Friday night, Lord, that sometimes we go through incredible defeats. We get bad news. We go through horrible losses. We've got these moments in our life of abuse and trauma. And then, Lord, we, we then have to live through Saturday, Lord, to get to Sunday, to get to that moment where you're working behind the scenes to bring victory. God, I believe for some people in this room today, some people watching online, they're about to experience some victory in Jesus. Lord, we welcome you to this place. Do what only you can do. Move however you want to move. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. In the beginning, God created the sun, moon, and stars, the animals, trees, and seas. And he made us his own. And he gave us a garden. And there was beauty and peace and life, but that wasn't enough. And so we sinned and we ate and we fell. And where there was once beauty and peace and life, there was now pain and chaos and death. We went from a garden to a grave. But God promised to bring us back, back from the grave into the garden. Days, weeks, years, generations of waiting for the promise, the promise to come back to the garden. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. 
friend of sinners, man of sorrows, Lord of glory and light of the world. Rejected, refused, condemned and crucified, buried in a borrowed tomb, forsaken and forgotten. But three days later, he stepped out of his grave and into a garden. And the same will be true of all who trust him. Where there is pain and chaos and death, there will be beauty and peace and life. Because Jesus is alive, so is hope, so is grace, so is salvation, so is transformation. Because Jesus is alive, we can step out of the grave and into the garden. Ezekiel 37, verse 3. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. You will come to life. Anybody alive this morning? God brings dead things to life. Aren't you thankful for that? And we're going to sing about it as we sing this song, Graves into Gardens. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along and put me back together.
your spirit I will rise. By your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. Resurrecting us, you're making us alive from the ashes of defeat. The resurrected King is resurrecting me by your spirit. I will rise from the ashes of defeat. If 
you're alive this morning, give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Because of the life that he gives us, it gives us joy. We're going to sing one last song before Pastor Eric comes. There's joy in the house of the Lord.
Friday night, we talked about the fact that even when you're going through difficult times and loss and pain, you can still have some joy in your life. So I'm just going to ask you one simple question. Is there some joy in the house of the Lord this morning? You can be seated. We're going to dismiss our kids at this time, our awesome, fantastic, super spectacular, cadrophilistic, expialidocious, <laughs> however you say that. Look, I'm not Mary Poppins. Look, the kids are already ready. They're like, look, pastor needs to just stop talking and dismiss us. You are dismissed to go with Miss Jackie. She is right back there, and she is waiting and ready, and her team is excited for today, and I'm excited for the word of the Lord. How about you? God's got something for you today. You're not going to leave empty-handed. I guarantee that. Let's, uh, let's watch one more video to set up the message for today.
Hope. It's a four-letter word, and it doesn't take much to absolutely change your perspective of how you're going through a situation in your life. You know, it's an interesting thing. The day before Jesus rose from the grave, not one person on the face of the planet believed that Jesus would raise from the dead. But he did it anyway. Jesus had a plan, and it was not contingent on our belief. He raised from the grave when no one else expected it. What an awesome privilege we have to see it in hindsight. To realize that when we're going through tragedy, loss, pain, suffering, that our hope comes from Jesus. And that while Saturday, it seems like there's nothing happening, we can believe that Jesus is working behind the scenes to bring victory to your life. But we've got to choose that. Here's the other thing. The disciples, didn't. not only did they not believe, but they had no idea what it was going to look like. And I want to tell you, our expectation isn't that we have to know what Jesus is going to do. We just have to believe that Jesus is going to do something. And that's what we're going to talk about today. On Sunday morning, as Mary went to the tomb, in her mind, she was going to do one thing, but she showed up at the tomb only to be shocked. The tomb was empty. Jesus was not there. She thought they stole his body, only to hear a voice over her shoulder. And Jesus was standing there before her. Amazing. Transformed. Told them what they had had and bewildered. Jesus wasn't there. Because Jesus had another appointment to keep. He had a seven-mile run to make to go meet up with two people we've never heard about before in the Bible and who we never hear about again. He had an Easter morning appointment. He had just enough time to talk with Mary to give her a little bit of hope, but then he was off for a morning run. Robbie, just like you, did you run this morning? Oh, man, Robbie's not going to miss a run, even if it's Easter, and neither would Jesus. So let's see where Jesus went on his walk today. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now the same day, two of them, talking about followers of Jesus, so two of them, two followers of Jesus, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Now right here, there's some interesting things, because if you go over to Israel and you go on a tour, uh, most tour guides will tell you, ah, this is the road to Emmaus. I'm just going to tell you, nobody knows the road to Emmaus because we don't know where Emmaus is because there's no archaeological evidence to tell us where it is. We know it's written about. We know that it's seven miles somewhere, but this town was so insignificant that it doesn't even show up on any maps at the time. The only reason we even know it existed is because it's written about in some texts at the time. So we don't even know where this is. Emmaus is literally in the middle of nowhere, seven miles from Jerusalem. That's all we really know. 
Yet here are these two people walking away from Jerusalem to the middle of nowhere. Jerusalem, the place where Jesus died, the place where he was resurrected. And just a little bit over 40 days from now, the Spirit would show up and change everything in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a hot spot. God was doing things in Jerusalem. But these two men, or two individuals, are walking away. They're walking away from the place where we know God is doing things. Why? Why would Jesus leave Jerusalem, the place where the Holy Spirit was about to move in great power? Why these two people who we've never heard about and that seem to have, for as far as we know, no major significance in the upcoming events? Why take the detour? Because maybe in our culture today, we look for God in the destination when really he's a God all about the detour. See, God isn't just about the finish line. He's the God of first steps. He's the God who walks with us in our missteps. He's the God of the journey, not just the destination. Jesus followed them to the wrong place very simply because grace will chase you down in your life because God loves you. He loves you. Let's get back into the scripture, verse 14. These two individuals, they were talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas, so now we know we got Cleo. We got one of the characters, we find out their name. Asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't miss? He asked, full in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him, but they had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who had said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said. They didn't see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scripture concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if, they were, as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So we went in and to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him 
and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. The most significant thing Jesus taught them was not once they had arrived at their final destination. It was what they taught him on the way. So here's your first point to take away. The most significant thing Jesus teaches us is not our destination. It's on the journey of getting there. We think life and our journey with Jesus is all about destination. Our culture is transfixed with getting to the destination, about reaching our goal, about hitting our results. What if the major thing is not the end goal, but it's the journey to get there? Don't get me wrong, the end, the end goal, the end destination for those who believe in Jesus Christ is heaven. That's a great thing. That's an amazing thing, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But I'm going to tell you, it's sweeter because of the journey to get there. Because if you don't spend time with Jesus, it's, it, 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 it kind of it kind of steals that away from you. When we get there, it's going to be so sweet because of the journey we've had with him, because of the walk we've had with him. It makes the final destination amazing. Our Lord is not just the God of first steps. He is the God of the journey. It's on our journey that we learn. It's on the journey that we are transformed. Formed. It's on the journey that we see others experience great things. It's on the journey that we build relationships. It's on the journey that we experience things. How many people like to ride roller coasters? How many of you have ridden roller coasters? Loretta. Oh, boy. Look, here's the thing about roller coasters, all right? It's not about getting to the end of the ride. It's about the ride. Although some of you probably at the end of the ride had a closer relationship with Jesus than when you started. Some of you may have experienced salvation halfway through the roller coaster. Like, Jesus, get me off this thing. You know, I got three pictures that relate to our journey with Jesus. It's a little bit along. They have life, and they might have it more abundantly or to the full. More abundantly means to have a super abundance of a thing. Abundant life is a life abounding in fullness of joy and strength for spirit, soul, and body. So our life after Jesus, when we have a relationship with him, it looks like this. <laughs> Buckle up for the adventure of a lifetime. That's what life like is with Jesus. And you might go, why in the world would I trade in the kiddie ride for a life like this with bigger ups and bigger downs? Because you don't ride alone. When you get on a roller coaster like this, there's a person who comes by. What do they do? They make sure you're buckled in. You're not going to fall out. So as crazy as the ride is, when it goes upside down and loop-de-loops and through all this stuff and everything's happening and you lose your hat and your sunglasses, your wallet and everything else, you're still buckled in for the ride. I got one last picture. There's the people on the ride. 
that front row, they're all Pentecostals. I mean, look at him. You got the guy in the yellow shirt. He's got joy. Look at that smile. He's like upside down doing all sorts of things. He probably just lost his sunglasses and a hat. He's still like, I'm good because I know Jesus is in the journey with me. I got hope. It's all going to be okay. It might be difficult. It might be scary. It might be crazy, but it's all right. That girl in the center, she's screaming. She's, so, she's probably so loud. Those two other guys are deaf, just like some Pentecostals I know. I'm in the middle of all craziness. They're the loudest people I've ever met. But then, and then, of course, you got the guy on the other side. That guy's like, I'm just praising Jesus the whole time. Hands up. It's like upside down, left, right, does not matter. I'm going to enjoy the journey because Jesus is going to bring me to the end. I'm going to enjoy it because I'm buckled in with Jesus. That's what life is about. That's what life is about. Buckle up with Jesus. Enjoy the ride. Yes, it's ups and downs, and sometimes there's points in our life that are difficult, they're challenging, they're emotional. We experience loss and grief and suffering. But with Jesus, it's a journey. Suffering and loss is just a part of the journey, folks. It is not the destination. It's not the destination. And those times, as tough as they are to walk through, when you come out of it and you go to the next mountaintop, you're grateful for the experience because it was in that place that Jesus transformed you. It's where Jesus transforms us on the ride. Jesus wants you on the journey. Next point. Let's go back to verse 15 and 16. As they talked and discussed things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing. How many times... Have people been kept from seeing the opportunity Jesus has for them because something kept them from seeing it? Something blocked their vision? Don't let your situation that you're in today blind you from seeing the opportunity for Jesus to do something in and through you. Here we see these two people. Their hope was lost on Friday night. They had given everything to follow Jesus, to be a part of his ministry. They believed in what was happening. They thought that Jesus was coming to set them free, and he was, just not in the way that they had envisioned. And in their minds, Jesus was dead. It was over. They were now going to try to put their lives back together. Because they gave everything for this. They were overwhelmed with disappointment and grief and sorrow. And maybe you've been there through a loss, going through hearing bad news. And maybe it's just hard. You're being kept from seeing the truth that there is still hope and that Jesus is not done working. Point number two to take away today is this. It's not about what you're going through. It's about what Jesus wants to do through you. We live in our own little world, and when we're going through tough times, that world gets really small really quick. And it becomes the center of our universe that everything rotates around. And we get so transfixed on the thing that we're going through, we're missing out on the bigger picture. You got to stop, you got to breathe. 
and you got to stop start doing some things. You go through a season, right? You got everybody needs to go through a season of where you 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 are like you come to reality with what you're going through. We go through a season of mourning. We go through a season of whatever it might be. But at some point, you're not meant to stay there. The whole point of mourning is that you go through a point of mourning so that then you can have a new beginning. And we've got to get to a point where we can step away from the situation and get a bigger perspective. We talked Friday about how to do that. A couple different things we do. One of them is serving. Because serving, I love serving. You know why? Because it gets you out of your own world. It gets you out of the situation, and you start, you, start, you start prioritizing doing something and serving someone else, and your vision changes. Serving's awesome because when we serve, we have an opportunity to, then to see things from a different perspective, and we can start seeing that maybe Jesus is doing something I just can't realize what it is. God's doing something great. It's kind of like the man who was in the flood. You've probably heard this story. Man is living in a small town. His town gets flooded. He is a strong believer in God, and he believes that Jesus will come save him. As the waters begin to rise, they're able to go in. There's a guy on the bullhorn. We've seen those big old vehicles. He's in there, and he's like, sir, do you need us to come rescue you? He yells back, no, Jesus is going to save me. The water raises even more, and now he's on top of his roof. They come by in a boat. Sir, we'll save you. Let's get close. You can jump in the boat. He says, no, no, no. Jesus will save me. Finally, they bring a helicopter. They're like, sir, we're lowering the basket. Jump in because your house is going to wash away. Jump in the basket. He says, no, no. Jesus will save me. The water's raised. The house disappears. The man drowns. He gets to heaven. He says, Jesus, I am disappointed. I had great faith that you would save me. Jesus looks at him and goes, I sent you a truck, I sent you a boat, and I sent you a helicopter. You just wouldn't get in them. But when our perspective is so narrowed, when it's so focused on just this one thing, we miss what God might be wanting to do in and through our life. In that situation, Jesus wants to rescue you this morning. But you've got to choose to get into the vessel that he's sending your way. Point number three, it's not too late to have a revelation about Jesus. Verse 30 says, when they were at the table with him, he took bread and gave thanks, broke it and began to give it to him. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Then they talked about how their hearts on the road in this conversation, weren't our hearts engaged? Wasn't there a fire there? And then in verse 33, they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. We got to get back to where God is doing things. We got to go to the place where where, where God's going to be doing something great next. We got to go back to the people who we were sharing this experience with about Jesus. We got to get back. But when did the revelation come? sure has It came when Jesus broke the bread. Bread in Scripture has a few different symbolisms. One was the body of Christ. It's when we do communion. We take the bread and we break it. We talk about his body being broken. But bread also symbolized the word of God. Isn't it interesting? The revelation about Jesus comes when we break open God's word. 
when we start to understand what the Bible teaches, and that's important, not just to read it, but to understand it. When we start understanding what the Word of God says, we get a revelation about who Jesus is. When we start understanding who Jesus is, our perspective changes. Our perspective of Him, our perspective about ourselves, our perspective about the situation that we're currently going through. But we've got to have the Word open to us. We've got tools today to help you be able to understand God's Word for yourself. If you're here today, Stop by that table. Whether you're a first-time guest or you've been at church your entire life, we want to give you some tools. I love Right Now Media. It's a free streaming service that we give away, free. I think that we're up to over 25,000 pieces of content. There's kids programming. There's Bible studies on every possible thing that you could imagine under the sun, every topic that you need help understanding. It's there. You can watch it on your phone, on your tablet, on your TV, wherever. So we've got tools available to help you. We've got a Bible for every person. If you need a Bible, we'll give you a Bible that's easy to understand. We'll give you a devotional tool called the Purple Book. And it it's just helps you to be able to go through the Bible and open it up. We even offer a class on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. that Robbie teaches about that. We've got great, awesome, we call them grow groups on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., where you can come and just delve into God's Word a little bit, and our instructors will help you grow in that. From kids all the way to the oldest people here, we've got a class for you that you can be a part of, a group that you can be a part of to help you understand. So there's tools and resources available for us. What did these two people do when their perspective changed and realized who Jesus was and that he was alive? They ran back to Jerusalem. It's not too late this morning for you to have a revelation about Jesus. It's not too late for the direction of your life to change. This morning, Jesus is calling because Jesus is alive. He's not in a tomb. Worship team, if you'd come back to the platform this morning. This morning, there's probably a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. Maybe you're like Mary this morning. You've experienced the resurrection Christ. You've seen him in your life, and your faith is vibrant and exciting, and you're telling everybody that you can about Jesus today. That's awesome that you're there. Maybe you're in the place like the disciples. Like you believe Jesus, but you're in this place of confusion and frustration, and you don't know what to do next. It's okay, because Jesus knows. Or maybe you're like the two on the road, crushed by disappointment, walking through incredible challenges in your life right now. And if you were honest, you would say you're on the road to nowhere. You didn't even know this morning, but somebody's been running after you. You just haven't seen them. You're like, Pastor, I couldn't be further away from God this morning than I am. It's okay. Jesus laced up his tennis shoes. He's been running all night long to catch up with you. And right now, he's right beside you. He's looking at you face to face, and he's saying it's not too late. Because I'm about to do great things. Jesus is about to do great things in ripping. He's about to the real Jesus. I'm here to tell you that there is an almighty God 
who conquered death in the grave, who wants a personal relationship with you. I'm not up here because I'm mandated by people. I'm up here this morning because I'm called by God to do what I do. Our church exists not for a fancy building or to walk through a religious quota and, 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 and that we're here because we've experienced Jesus and he is continuing to change our life. And he has so transformed us that we want to do everything that we can in our community to bring about what God wants to do here in Ripon. He wants to see marriages restored. He wants to see all the kids in our communities to have hope and a purpose and identity found in Him. He wants every person who's addicted to drugs, alcohol, or something else to experience a life of freedom. He wants the person who's walking around aimlessly to understand what it is to have a purpose. There's no place where you can outrun God. There is no place that you can outrun grace. And our Savior calls to you this morning and says, I am here to save you. Would you do this for me this morning? Just, just close your eyes for a moment. No one is going to look around this room. No one's judging you. But if you need a Savior in your life, you need a relationship with Jesus this morning. You're saying, I'm broken. And guess what? Every person in this place is broken. And you just say, come to the reality, I need a Savior today. A Savior to save me from myself. A Savior to save me from my sin. A Savior to save me from my religion. A Savior to help me walk through the stuff, the challenges that I'm walking through this morning. Would you just raise your hand and say, I need Jesus. Come on. Absolutely. Thank you this morning. Jesus is excited. Lives are about to be changed in this place. We're going to pray this morning. Here's the keys to salvation. It's a leap of faith. We say, I'm broken, which, which when we say we're a sinner, it means that we miss the mark. All right? That's all it means. We miss the mark. We're not perfect. So we admit that we're a sinner. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he came, that he died, and that he rose again, and that he is calling you into a relationship with him. So that's what we're going to pray this morning. I'm going to pray out loud, and would you just pray whatever, whatever way you want to pray, but to, to pray these words in your spirit this morning and to begin walking with Jesus. Let's do this together. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I've got pain and frustration and issues in my life. I'm a, maybe, Lord, to be honest, I'm a failure at a lot of things. The reality is, is I need a savior in my life. I need somebody to come and buckle me in for the ride of a lifetime. Lord, I realize a life with you is going to be filled with ups, downs, lefts, rights, frustrations, disappointments. But Lord, I'm buckling in for the, the ride of a lifetime. I want to go on the ride with you. 
Jesus, save me. I want to begin a relationship with you. I want to see my life transform. I want to be a better son, a better daughter. I want to be a better husband, a better wife. I want to find my identity and my purpose in you. Lord, this morning, fill me with hope. Lord, I don't need to know every step. I just need to know the next one. Lord, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said, Lord, if you're here this morning, you're in a good place. Can I tell you, this church is full of imperfect people, including an imperfect pastor. We've got an imperfect staff. But we love Jesus. We love people. And we would love for you to find a home and a family here that you can walk with. So please come back, connect with us, build a relationship with us, get to know us, and we want to get to know you. And let's do life together. And that just doesn't mean in church. It means we, we believe in, in living life and watching Formula One races together. Right, my brother? My Red Bull brother over here. We're going to be champions again this year, man. It means going out and doing dinner occasionally or going fishing or going to the golf course, going shopping, going out and enjoying the day and doing life together because that's what the disciples did. They did ministry and they did life together, and that's what we want to do with you. How many of you believe Jesus is, is risen? Well, he's got great plans for us, so we want to close today. Let's stand to our feet. We introduced this song a couple weeks ago. I love this song because it's almost like a modern hymn um, written by a tremendous man of God who the Lord is using in great ways. And I just believe that he wrote this, and when I heard this song, it just it resonated in me for the Easter season. So we're going to close with this song. Then Robbie's going to pray and dismiss us. He's going to close us out today. And they'll, they'll probably church, you are loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you are loved by your pastor. You're loved by the people of this church. We've got every reason to be hopeful. We've got a risen Lord. We've got a purpose. We're going to see God do great things just like he did in Jerusalem. God's got great things in store for Ripon. Amen? Let's worship together one last time. This is the word here in the flesh, living among the weak and lowly. The voice of God is everywhere, salvation of the world unfolding. Be
again for the life that you have given to us. Thank you that we can celebrate together as a church family. Join our hearts together and lift up praise to you. Lord, now we pray a blessing over our offering. Those that give of their tithes and offerings, Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless through our church as we give financially. God, we do it so that people's lives will be changed like yesterday. Lord, we just commit this service into your hands. As we go our separate ways, God, remind us that you are calling us each day to live a life of worship. Show us what you want us to do, where you want us to go, what you want us to say. Live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Happy Easter.